This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner. Today we're going to continue our series called Christmas, the rest of the story. And on the screen behind me, you have a picture of Joseph holding architectural plans, standing on a balcony overlooking the city of Sephoris, which was being embellished at the time that he worked there. And you're going to find out today when God looked for someone to be the foster father of Jesus, he looked for someone that he knew he could trust. And Joseph, though he was a young man, had already proved himself very faithful, and he was not poor, which is contrary to religious tradition. So stay with me, because today you're going to learn a lot. But we're offering you the brand new series, which is called Christmas, the rest of the story. It's 15 parts. The subtitle says, Amazing Insights About Christmas You've Never Heard Before. This series is just packed with treasures and it comes with a wonderful study guide. And right now we're offering you the book by the same name. And my friend, I really want you to have this book. It is just beautiful. You need to order several because you're going to, you will want to give this as a gift to somebody else. The book is Christmas, the rest of the story. It is 300 pages that are just beautifully illustrated. Every single page is full color because we wanted to take you right into the heart of the story and we've illustrated it so that you can understand it more easily. But please order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call right now. And if you need prayer, we're here for you and we want to pray for you. So give us a ring or send us an email and we'll begin to pray for you. But now watch this and then I'll be right back. Christmas is a timeless tradition. But do you really know the true story of that first holy night? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you have never heard. Like, was Joseph really a carpenter? Who were the shepherds keeping watch? How far did the wise men travel and how many actually came? Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, The Rest of the Story invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across nearly 300 decorated pages. The Christmas story is the most important story ever told. It is just miraculous. And with this wonderful, fully illustrated book, you will learn so much and you'll want to share it with others. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the eternal story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this timeless keepsake. Bound in a landmark large format book, you will create a family tradition that will last for generations. This sweeping portrait of the Christmas story allows readers to reflect on why Jesus came to earth that holy night and ultimately the reason for his birth. Great as a gift or to enhance your own traditions, order this beautiful book today. Christmas, the rest of the story for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. In the last program, we saw clues as to why God chose Mary to be the vessel to bring Jesus into the world. And in today's program, we're going to look at the question, why did God choose Joseph? 
God didn't just throw a bunch of names into a sack, shake them up and reach in and retrieve a name. He chose Joseph for a reason. And at that time, there were many, many young men in Israel who could have qualified to be used in a significant way. But God tapped Joseph for this assignment. Why Joseph? And you're going to find out in today's program that contrary to religious tradition, Joseph was not a poor unsuccessful carpenter, but he was a man who already at a young age had proven himself to be faithful with many assignments. And that's why God knew Joseph was ready for the big assignment. But the first reason he was chosen is found in Luke chapter two, verse four, which says Joseph was of the house and of the lineage of David. Though his participation was not needed for Jesus to come into the world, because Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit, not by Joseph. Indeed, he still was of the house and of the lineage of David. And we saw in the previous program that in about the year 100 BC, there was a whole clan of David's lineage who relocated to the city of Nazareth. The word Nazareth is from the word Netzer, which means branch. And indeed, there was a branch of the Davidic dynasty who lived in Nazareth, and Joseph was among them. But many people believe that Joseph was just a poor woodworking carpenter, and the reason they believe that is because Matthew 13, 55 says that Jesus was the son of a carpenter. Well, that word carpenter creates a lot of confusion because in our minds, we see a woodworking carpenter, but the Greek word is tecton, and it describes something very different than just a simple woodworking carpenter. This word tecton is where we get the word technology, which first of all tells us this was a person who had highly advanced technological skills. That's very important. And this word tecton really was used to describe those with technological advanced skills in the ancient world at that particular time. And the very use of this word in Matthew 13, verse 55, already tells us that Joseph was a man with highly advanced technological skills. But the word tecton, which is wrongly translated carpenter in Matthew 13, 55, is from a verb that means to bring forth and it pictures one who had the expertise to envision and create with his hands a well-wrought final product. The word tecton is so connected to the ideas of creativity that it was used by some ancient writers to depict literary giants or poets who produced masterful literature and poetry. Importantly, this word tecton was also used to depict one who could create wonders out of matter, or one who could manipulate materials in a marvelous way that surpassed ordinary technical skills. So when we talk about this word carpenter, the Greek word tecton, it's no low-level carpenter. This is a person with amazing skills. And by the way, tectons were highly compensated for their work. Wow. These masterful artisans created such things as, are you ready? Intricately designed buildings, floors covered with magnificent mosaics, elaborate frescoes painted on walls, sculptures carved from marble, sumptuous pieces of jewelry fabricated from gold or silver and then adorned with precious jewels, the use of ivory, especially in jewelry and furniture, 
fabulously designed furniture that was embellished with ornate elements made of bronze, silver, and gold, and was then ordained with precious jewels. That is amazing that that is what a tecton did, and that is the word which is wrongly translated in Matthew 13, 55 as the word carpenter. But it's important to note that one scholar has noted that a tecton was so highly skilled that he could create shiny and splendid things whose extraordinary beauty almost made them appear to come to life. Thus, the principal meaning of a tecton was one who was a highly advanced, skilled, versatile craftsman or artisan who had the technical skills to create wonders out of matter in ways that have never been seen before. And we find the same word tecton was used to describe Jesus before he began his ministry. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, the Bible tells us Jesus was the carpenter in Nazareth. And in Greek, there is a definite article, which means he wasn't just any carpenter. He was the best carpenter in the city of Nazareth. He had a reputation for being able to create shiny, splendid things. Wow. I think that is just amazing. But we find that this word tecton was used to describe both Joseph and Jesus. And they were masterful artisans who possessed the abilities to mentally envision what others could not see and who could create with their hands a fabulous final product. Jesus really could create wonders out of matter and could manipulate materials in a marvelous way that surpassed ordinary technical skills. And he had the ability to create shiny and splendid things with extraordinary beauty. He was a master artisan. And my friends, isn't that what he still is today? For example, we read in Ephesians 2, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. The word workmanship is from the same Greek root which describes a poet who expresses his fullest creativity when he composes and writes. It pictures something artfully created by one who possesses the extraordinary ability to write or illustrate a masterpiece, which means the day we got saved, Jesus Christ, the great artisan, released all of his creative genius to make us something shiny and splendid. He released all of his genius to make us something so wonderful that people would just stand in awe of what we have become. That's what the Bible means when it says we are his workmanship. Of course, Jesus is a tecton. He has highly advanced artistic skills and he's taken us and changed us and made us something splendid. Oh, but the word tecton could also depict a master stone mason or a masterful stone carver or an architect who is engaged to architecturally design or construct a monumental building or a temple fashioned of stone. These craftsmen could take stone and cut them so that they would fit snugly alongside one another. And that should not surprise us about Jesus either, because according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 6, we are living stones and Jesus is cutting us. He's sanding us down, putting us into the wall in the house of God. He's still constructing his house. He's a master stone mason. But 
In addition to all of that, this word tecton, which is wrongly translated carpenter in Matthew 13, 55, also really depicted the chief overseer who directed other builders and other artisans in a massive building project or even a building supervisor. This is amazing. And people who possessed such skills were highly compensated, which means Joseph, who was a tecton, was not a poor woodworking carpenter. Now, if you come to the very bottom of the list of what the word tecton means, it can also include a woodworking carpenter, but it's highly improbable that this word would have been used to describe Joseph because there wasn't even much wood in that area to work with, but there was a lot of stone and nearby was the big splendid city of Sephora, which was being embellished at the very time that Joseph was working there. It was being embellished because Herod Antipas made it his capital. And to carry out the exquisite work that was being done in Sephora, there was a need for masterful artisans. And those artisans did not live in Sephora, but they lived in the villages that surrounded Sephora. And that includes Nazareth, where Joseph lived. And these tectons were specialists. Listen, they were specialists who could architecturally design and construct monumental buildings like temples, villas, and palaces, sculptures to be carved from marble, impressive stone capitals that gracefully sat atop columns, floors designed and inlaid with magnificent mosaics, walls covered with outstanding frescoes, ostentatious furnishings fashioned from bronze, silver, gold, and veneered with ivory and adorned with precious stones and lavish interiors of villas and palaces to be envisioned and subsequently created by extraordinary masterful artisans. In all probability, Joseph was a highly advanced masterful artisan and indeed these were well compensated individuals that were very, very appreciated. Now we appreciate all woodworking carpenters. Of course, we need them. They're very important. But Joseph primarily did not work with wood. He worked with gems. He worked with stones. He designed buildings. He was a building supervisor and he was very well compensated for what he did. Even though he was young, he had already gained for himself a reputation in the city of Sephora. Everyone knew he was the carpenter or the tecton, the master artisan. That's who Joseph was, and he was well compensated for what he did. He was qualified to be entrusted with greater riches, according to the Bible. Because we read in Luke 16, verse 11, that Jesus said, if therefore you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Well, when God looked at Joseph, even though he was a young man, he had already proven himself. He had proven that he could be responsible with really big assignments. And because he was well compensated and because he handled many valuable assets and materials, God knew this was a man who could handle money. He had passed the test on so many levels. And when God saw him passing all these tests, God knew, wow, this is a man who can be trusted with true riches, which of course would be Jesus, the son of God. He would be the foster father of Jesus. But there's something else. Joseph was very 
merciful and this qualified him to be the foster father of Jesus. How do we know that he was merciful? Because Matthew 1.18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, before they had legally formulated their marriage, before they had had the official ceremony, before they had ever had sex, she was found to be with child of the Holy Ghost. Mary was supernaturally pregnant with Jesus, but the way that Joseph handled this situation revealed something about his character. And we read about that in Matthew 1, verse 19, which says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately, which means in a moment when he could have had her stoned for being pregnant, he took the root of kindness and mercy. This was important because Joseph was a man who went to synagogue. He was a man who loved the Word of God, but he was not religiously mean. He didn't have a religious mean streak. Mercy was very prevalent in his life. We see that in the way that he treated Mary. And God chose Joseph because he had kindness and mercy, the kind of foster father that God wanted Jesus to have. But Joseph was also spiritually attuned and very quick to obey the Lord. We see this in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, where the Bible says, While he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. Joseph was really in a difficult place. Naturally speaking, his wife-to-be is pregnant, and it didn't have anything to do with him. But God says, don't be afraid. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And though he could have argued, he simply said, yes, Lord, I'll take her to be my wife, which shows us he was spiritually attuned, and he was a man who was willing to obey God even in a very difficult moment. And that is why Matthew chapter 1, 24 to 25 in the New Living Translation says, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary home as his wife. And he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. He didn't hesitate. He was quick to obey. So he was spiritually sensitive and he was obedient. And he had a deep trust in God. We know that from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, where the Bible says, The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there, until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And the Bible says, And he arose immediately, and took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt. It is remarkable that Joseph so quickly obeyed this word because Egypt was a very foreign land. It was a pagan land. He did not have a work permit to even go there and get a job. And to go there, he had to leave Sepphoris where he had established himself as a master artisan, as a young man. He already had a good reputation. He was being well compensated, but he was quick to obey when God spoke to him. And of course, God made sure provision showed up when the Magi came with treasures and those treasures gave them all the funds they needed for their flight into Egypt. My friend, do you see how many reasons there was that God chose Joseph? But wait, there's one more. Joseph was a spiritual leader 
for his family. How do we know that? Because of Luke chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. It says, Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. These verses say that Joseph took his family every year to Passover. He wasn't one of those parents who stayed at home but sent his kids to church. He set the example of spirituality and being faithful to God by going himself. God knew this was a man who would spiritually lead his family. So when we look at the story of Joseph and wonder why did God choose him, we find there were several reasons. God had been watching. He had been looking for a man that he could trust with a big assignment. First of all, Joseph was a descendant of the lineage of David. And God knew many things about his character because God had been watching just like God is watching you. He could see that Joseph was trustworthy with his talents, with his business, and with his money so he could handle true riches. He had been watching and he saw that he was merciful instead of judgmental. God knew that Joseph would be a spiritual leader for his family and that he was attuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit and he had a track record of prompt obedience and showed he was willing to do anything that God asked him to do. And when God put his eyes on Joseph, he knew this was the man that he could tap for this big job. Now, let me ask you, God is watching you. What does God see in your character? Does God see things in you that lets him know you're ready to be tapped for a new assignment? I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Do you really know the story of Christmas? Is there more to the story about the birth of our Savior than what you've been told? In this series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick Renner dives deep into the parts of the Christmas story that most people have never heard. Rick says, I've studied this story for decades, and I found fabulous treasures no one ever shared with me. In this series, we explore the Bible, history, historical writings, and so much more, so we can really understand all the events that took place surrounding the birth of Jesus. Rick answers questions like, why did God choose Mary? Was Joseph really a carpenter? Why was Herod so troubled by Jesus' birth? Who were the Magi? And what was the estimated value of their gifts? This 15-part documentary-type series is available in digital or physical format, starting at just $24. And, and we're excited to also offer you Rick's stunning new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you'll want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer, the series, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. 
And I want to say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building, and now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. Think about that. You don't even have to get out of your chair. Just go online or make a phone call and bam, by becoming a part of the giving team, you can do something that reaches beyond your world into somebody else's life to really make a difference. That is powerful. And according to the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus promises that if we'll go, or if we'll do what we can do to help others go with the Word of God, His power will show up in our lives. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Today, we've been looking at possible reasons why God chose Joseph. Tomorrow, we're going to answer the question, what are swaddling clothes and what is a manger? You're going to learn something brand new, so don't miss tomorrow's program. But hey, if you need prayer, please reach out to us. Just give us a call right now. We're sitting by the phone waiting for it to ring so we can talk to you and pray with you. If you'd prefer, you can send us an email. And when your email shows up in our inbox, we're going to really release our faith for Jesus to do something splendid in your life. Remember, we saw today that Jesus is the great artisan. He knows how to take regular materials and turn them into something shiny and magnificent. And when we pray, Jesus will take whatever is going on in your life. He'll turn it around and he'll make it something wonderful. But let us know how to pray for you. But hey, we're offering you my brand new series. Please order it. It's called Christmas, The Rest of the Story, 15 parts, and it comes in multiple formats. The subtitle says, Amazing Insights About Christmas You've Never Heard Before. Are you learning new things? Wow. Well, this series is jam-packed with all kinds of new insights about the Christmas story, and it comes with a marvelous study guide. My friend, the study guide is just loaded. I put so much work into these study guides, and when you have the study guide and the series together, you'll really get the teaching down deep inside you. And we're offering you right now my big new book, which is called Christmas, The Rest of the Story, 300 illustrated pages, which are designed to take you into the heart of the greatest story ever told. But I want to pray for you. Father, if you put your eyes on Joseph to see if he qualified for a new assignment, then I know that you're watching me and you're watching my friend. Lord, help us to qualify. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be so faithful with what we're doing right now that you'll know we can be trusted with a bigger assignment. I pray this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. I'll be back tomorrow. But until then, remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. 
Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.